Welcome to the second episode of the Asian Commercial Real Estate Network podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Wan, one of the two co-founders of the Asian CRE Network. And today I am so excited to share with you a conversation with one of our own, Karina Irvin, alongside Eric Chen from CBRE. This interview was originally done back in April 23rd on the Asian CRE Network Facebook group, a place where we connect, learn, and grow with fellow Asian professionals within the CRE space. And if you haven't yet, we highly encourage you to find us on there and join. Just find AsianCREnetwork.com, and that will lead you to our Facebook group. Thanks again to Karina and Eric for making time to share their perspectives and knowledge with us on the show. And without further ado, here now is the conversation with Karina and Eric. Welcome, everybody, to the second interview spotlight series here at the Asian CRE Network on Facebook. I am your host and one of the, uh, the founders of the group, uh, Jerry Wan. And today, Karina is going to go in the guest chair because she's an expert in this space. So we're happy to have her as an expert, as is Eric Chen, uh, who joins us from the Capital Markets Group of CBRE. So we're going to touch up a little bit on um, leasing and sales and the market conditions now during the coronavirus, COVID-19 challenges, and some insights and perspectives on what we can expect in the future. So um, Eric, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Corina, for um, having me. Um, this is uh, Eric Chen from CBRE. Um, I am part of the Capital Market Group Investment Property, uh, specializing multifamily investment sales in the Southern California region, uh, primarily in the eastern LA County into the Inland Empire. Thank you for having me today. And Corina, for folks who don't know what you do during the day, uh, let us know what you do and uh, what you can talk about today. Great. Hi, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in. We're excited to be hosting these um, speaker series. I'm Karina Irvin, one of the co-founders of Asian CRE Network. Um, again, I am an office broker. I focus on creative office leasing, specifically anywhere throughout Los Angeles. Uh, prior to fi finding my own firm and um, starting my own firm called Peninsula Commercial Real Estate, I was with Cushman and Wakefield for about eight years uh, and pivoted and started my own firm. So that's me. Awesome. So we're going to touch a little bit on multifamily and the investment side of the market with Eric. And then we're going to touch about a little bit about leasing and the tenant side with Karina. So Eric, let's start with what are you observing in the marketplace? And in the last month or so and, and longer in some regions, how has COVID-19 and its economic impact affected the commercial real estate and the multifamily investment market? Sure. I'll, I'll give a uh, quick in uh, kind of overview about what had happened um, ever since March uh, about 11, 12, 15 uh, during the uh, older stay home. Basically, there was a lot of panic. Um, and I think the investment market was more on a standstill, uh, you know, across the across the nation, across the region, and not just our business. I think it's all commercial real estate. The, the, the part that's worth mentioning is more on the financing market because the financing market with the lenders, they are a lot, um, there's a lot of connection from other economic um, indicators and other uh, lending sources that, that may impact the rates um, drastically. So um, we had had uh, quite a few transactions during that time that the buyer had uh, a loan quote that was locked locked in with a very, very favorable rate, as low as 3.5%, even up to a 75% LTV. Um, and, and all of a sudden they had to get uh, from the lender that they are giving a different quote now. So 
during the first two weeks of the lockdown between the March, uh, mid-March and before April was one of the probably the most unknown volatile um, time that we had to deal with. And I think this call is great right now that we have more clarity. We're able to report back to everybody about what we've seen. Um, and, and, and so the other um, part that was a very big concern uh, across the board uh, was the April collection. Now that we're in April um, 23rd, um, it is um, a pleasantly surprised to see across Southern California, and this is pertaining only for multifamily, that we have had over 90% collection across the board. Um, nationwide, I believe that we had a data about at least 85% collection in general, with a few exceptions of different other market that maybe was only collecting up to 80, but 90% plus in Southern California was very good. So now we have more clarity. And looking at May, May just around the corner next week for us, um, and we have heard all throughout April, the rising number of unemployment claims, uh, the stimulus checks being held up for a variety of reasons, and obviously more areas. Um, we're, we're not an ecosystem here that's independent, so uh, national and globalism does play a role in how money flows into the pockets or the bank accounts of renters. Um, what are some of the things that you and your team over at CBRE are talking about and advising clients on what May and June will look like? Yeah, um, May, in terms of what exactly May and June may look like, is still very hard to predict. I think what we, what we can say is um, the high unemployment rates, I would like to kind of make a note that um, that could be a very short-term picture that may or may not be a permanent picture because as you may know, uh, and, and all of you on the call, a lot of the, the, the business owners are having the employee to go and collect unemployment um, and, 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 and wanted to hire them back. I think the big question mark is, once the economy is going back to normal, at what percentage of the business owner can hire back uh, you know, how many employees that they, they, they really want back? Um, and also how much of their business resume to what percentage is really a big unknown. So I believe the aftermath, once we get back to normal, it's, it's even more, um, I guess, um, worth to be observing. But right now, the unemployment rate is really high. Um, I think for the investment market, um, we are dealing with buyers who has capital and then also um, owners who have um, other motivation about thinking about selling. So so what we saw is as soon as after April collection looks um, good, um, the listing activities, sellers are asking us to bring, start bringing back the, the property to the market. So I think May um, hopefully will be similar to June, I mean, April, excuse me. June is hard to tell, but maybe by that time, if we open back up already, then you know when we look back, it's really just a two months um, shutdown. So for both people on the sidelines right now on the buyer side who might be seeing this as an opportunity to get in the markets or get in the market in the first place that they otherwise could not have, and for sellers who might be more concerned about the short or near-term future and wanting to just get out, um, what are some conversations you're having with clients on both sides about what to do? Yeah, I mean, I'll just start with the buyer first. Um, there, there's, I think for the buyers, a lot of buyer have been asking us, hey, is this a good time to buy? Is the market going to crash? What's going to happen? And I think this is a very, very broad 
um, question, but I like to be very, very real about what we see in the marketplace. Um, buyers, um, a lot of buyers are actually calling us as soon as the lockdown had happened and they said, look, we have had this eight, nine years of appreciation, price you know, keep on going up and interest rates are still very, very low. So a lot of the buyers says, hey, if there's any good opportunity, I'm actually in the market to buy it, please keep me posted. And, and as soon as the, the interest rate environment um, from st starting to stabilize a little bit better, Jerry, you know, in the last two weeks, um, we're seeing the lender's rate has coming back down in the 3% range. And that's actually still better than a year ago um, this time. Um, however, the lender is requiring more uh, reserve. They're even requiring up to eight to 10 and 12 month reserve, which is challenging for some of the buyers to sit in the escrow account just for unforeseen you know, um, economic condition that may happen uh, after the loan is funded and also underwriting with even 10% vacancy factor for apartment building when apartment building usually don't have a 10% vacancy. So what I'm saying is because of that, the LTV has been shortened. So the buyers are seeing that and say, okay, well, if my loans is going to be impacted and everything else stays equal, the rent collection is fine. The rents are not going downward right now. What would change? Well, sometimes that could be a down payment LTV change of 5% then they're asking for a price of 5% deduction on the price to, to, to the sellers. So we have seen that happening. And we also have saw uh, appraisal coming in a little bit short, and which is, we haven't seen that in the last 10 years, but that's also for prices that's super high, uh, prices that were still setting records. Obviously it was kind of negotiated before the lockdown, but we're closing right now. So, so, so the buyer said, hey, my loan is impacted. Um, and I'd like to ask for adjustment in which in, in, in two cases that we saw in the last four weeks, both buyer and seller were very well into come to an agreement to make the deal work. So um, great signs from, from the marketplace in general. Awesome. Great. Thank you for your insights. Uh, Karina, let's go to you. Uh, now we want to uh, share a little bit about uh, what's going on in the in the world of tenants, in the leases, um, obviously it is shorter term commitment, as we know, uh, much more um, less committed than buying a building or selling a building. Um, so share with us what you have been hearing, not only amongst uh, your uh, potential clients, uh, but current clients and some folks within the industry that you're um, sharing with on what that outlook looks like uh, for you. Sure. Um, right now with office leasing, again, specifically on the tenant rep side, um, a lot of the deals have been put on hold. A lot of clients, specifically in Los Angeles, which is the market I specialize in, it's heavy in entertainment, right? So the entertainment industry is the, is the big machine that drives office leasing in LA, in addition to tech, right? Startup tech companies. All those companies right now are conservative and they don't want to sign any long-term commitments. And so those have been put on hold. Um, specifically, I would say the what if we were already in leases prior to, or to COVID, those deals were still moving forward. However, if you were just in a letter of intent or proposal stage, um, either those were canceled, they were delayed or put on hold, or clients are renegotiating. Um, we'll touch on that subject later, but there are some positive uh, things with COVID, uh, with the renegotiation of, 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 of deal terms and lease terms, because rents are going south. Um, I would say, kind of, Eric touched on it. Because of the job loss right now, I think what 22 million Americans are out of work in the last four weeks. 
um, crazy numbers. That's obviously the job cuts just means people don't need office space. Um, in addition to that, people are social distancing. Um, there is a paradigm shift of people thinking, do we even need office space? So uh, there's a couple of, of, of that going on right now. So in general, I would say office leasing, uh, a little bit of a standstill, a, a big unknown for the immediate future. As you alluded to earlier, uh, next week, we're going to have a discussion with some folks from the legal space that can give us more specific advice on what you can do. Um, but what can you share and what have you been sharing with tenants who are concerned about making rent next month as it relates to either a situation where they're not allowed to open their business or that they have chosen to curtail operations for the safety of the public? Yeah, so as you can imagine, a lot of the calls I'm fielding right now is people asking, do I have to pay rent, right? I'm, I'm not in the office. There's a stay-at-home order. Do we still have to pay rent? And the answer is yes. There's an obligation. There's a lease. Um, the advice I'm giving clients right now is uh, really talk to your landlord. Now is the time to find a compromise, find a fair solution for both parties, right? Landlords still have a mortgage to pay. They have lenders um, that, are, that, that they still owe money to, and therefore, you know, um, tenants still have to pay, right? And so what, we're, what, what I'm seeing landlords do, and some are more, more proactive than others, some landlords are allowing tenants to either, you know, don't pay rent for three months, and then we will amortize that rent for the remainder of your term. Um, some landlords are allowing tenants to not pay rent right now, but to extend the term on the back end. Um, some landlords I'm seeing are even just charging operating expenses um, to help them pay for the, you know, to run the building and, and some of their mortgage payments, but not make a profit. Um, so I would say my advice to all my clients is really reach out to your landlord. Um, everyone's in the same boat. People are willing to work with each other right now. And really the, the best thing for both tenants and landlords to do right now is to find a compromise. You know, on the flip side of uh, people wanting to decrease their footprint from an office perspective might be a potential desire to make things more flexible. Um, as we know, as we all know globally, um, co-working and flex spaces have really uh, been normalized and become a part of our normal business fabric. Um, are you hearing conversations around the desire for more co-working space or the discussion of, you know, we want to go because the future is so uncertain, um, the desire to get into more flexible terms, whether it is at a co-working space or just leases overall? You know, the interesting thing that's happening right now is that who knows what's going to happen with the big co-working companies like the WeWorks of the world, right? Because um, some tenants are finding that they can work from home. Uh, landlords now on a direct basis are willing to be more flexible than ever before. So whereas they were requiring three-year terms, now all of a sudden they're like, yeah, let's have a conversation about a one-year term or a two-year term, um, as opposed to really sticking to like must be three or five-year terms. So I think uh, because landlords are being more flexible, uh, people are working from home, the future of co-working, the future of office space is really, you know, to be determined right now. But I do think there is a need for, for flexible um, office configurations, whether it be co-working, whether it be flexible, you know, with direct landlord or whether working from home. Sure. And, and I think both on the, you know, the sales and the leasing side, some things that uh, we'll have to get used to as we come out of this and, and go back to what life can be going forward is just the public health concerns of, you know, a lot of strangers or a lot of people in the same space. What are the regulations and guidelines that are coming from both local and federal levels on you know what businesses can operate, what should stay home and work from home as much as possible. Uh, thank you both for sharing your insights. And, and we want to shift our focus um, 
on a positive outlook, um, given all that's going on right now, um, and we are about a month into it, so we've had time to process, we've had time for things to normalize a little bit and for us to gain some perspectives that we may not have had uh, when all these things um, were happening to us a month ago. Um, Karina, we'll start with you this time. What are some of the positive things that you can see? Um, what are some opportunities or um, you know, forward-thinking things that we can think about in terms of the leasing market space um, in the next few months? Yeah, no, I think absolutely there's an opportunity right now. If you're a well-capitalized, stable tenant, um, we are able to negotiate deal terms that we haven't seen in a decade, right? And specifically in LA, it's really been a, it's really been a landlord favorable market. And I think now with COVID, um, we actually are seeing class A trophy space, office space, landlords willing to give more free rent, more you know, TIs that can be converted to free rent. There's a lot more concessions. Um, I'm, I'm actually negotiating with some of the biggest landlords right now, and I'm surprised at the deal that we're able to negotiate for, for these tenants that we weren't able before, right? Um, I also think that right now landlords are just trying to maintain occupancy. So because of that, you know, we know what lo levers to push and where to negotiate um, to get our tenants on a tenant rep side a really good deal. And then, you know, there's a couple of brokers on this call, I'm sure. And positive side to, to, to that is broker bonuses uh, are, you know, are coming back and they're even, you know, they're increasing. So on that, on that front, I think that's, you know, light, positive things during this time. Very cool. Thank you for that. And Eric, on the sales and the transaction multifamily side, what are some positive um, indicators or insights that um, you've been hearing, that you've been having conversations with, that potential buyers, sellers, or investors uh, can be optimistic about? Yeah, there, there's a lot of optim optimism still out there. And, and people saw how resilient the multifamily rental market is, you know, after April and gave uh, people a lot of confidence. Um, at, at about 90% over collection as previously stated. So, and also the lender has kind of um, normalized, uh, although the underwriting standard is still tightened, but that we expect to uh, loosen up maybe after a few months. So all in all, you know, we, 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 say, we say to our seller and say, hey, you know, most of our sellers who are actually wanting to market their properties right now, they're not really trying to time the market or, looking at the macro condition that we have no control over but versus their personal situation, how they can improve uh, by selling the asset. So, so it's still a very good time to sell right now because um, the later on after COVID's aftermath, how much discount will there be? We don't know that right now. And then while we're still coming out with one of the best investment sales market in 2019, um, 11 billion in sales in LA County was uh, was leading the nation, and that's one of the busiest year ever. So we can still get a pretty attractive prices. Now for the buyers, the rates are historically low still, and 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 what I would say is surprisingly, just within the last 30 days, because of this shift, now almost becomes a buyer's market. Sellers are a lot more willing to meet the market, and even with that five percent discount, or even a little bit you know, um, better, more um, reasonable price property, you can still pick up very, very good deals right now. So I, I, would, I would encourage people to continue to um, not let this become a challenge, but, but more seeking for opportunities and we will get back on track. And, and then, you know, we'll, we'll learn a few things, you know, from here, but, but still can uh, find, uh, you know, good, good deals to work on right now. 
Awesome. Uh, everybody's, well, if you're watching this on Facebook, just find these two folks in the group and message them, or just leave a comment here on this video. And we'll leave their websites, their phone numbers, and ways to contact them up in the description of the video. Um, Eric, Karina, thank you so much. Uh, these are challenging times for all of us. Um, and all three of us have uh, kids at home, as many of our uh, friends in the industry do. So we're, we're juggling a lot and certainly appreciate uh, both of you making time to join us and to share your insight and your perspectives with our audience today. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to our conversation. Hope you learned something. Even though the content's about two months old, we still think a lot of it is true and still relevant today. As we enter the third quarter, July 1st next week, uh, still in the middle of a global pandemic, uh, different parts of the country are opening and, and so things are wildly changing. Um, if you want a updated look or updated perspectives on these matters, uh, we highly encourage you to reach out to Karina, Eric, or any other members of the Asian CRE Network. This episode of the Asian CRE Network podcast has been brought to you by the Peninsula CRE Real Estate Group, serving all of Southern California for all your office and tenant needs. You can learn more by visiting Karina's website at karinaervin.com. Thanks again for joining us on the second episode of the Asian CRE Network podcast. This has been your host, Jerry Wan, and be well, be safe, be healthy, and we'll see you next time.